1: Learn more at marines.com. Hello and welcome to a special podcast. It's a dual edition with the Brighton Rock podcast hosted by me, Russell Guyver, and my cohort, Peter Marsh, and also Mr. Josh uh, Goldsmith from Together. Hello, Josh.
0: Hi, Russ. How's it going? Uh, Yeah, Yeah. welcome, people, to episode 79 of Together, a Brighton and Over Albion podcast. I've also brought along our best friend, Robin, uh, from interviewing Wardy, Bruno, Navarro, Crofty, hey. he uh, he is also on the line.
1: Hi guys. Hey Robin, how's it going? Yeah, all good. Um, yeah,
2: interested to see how this is going to work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, we've uh, we're recording this on the occasion of Sunday the seventeenth of May, which is the day when the football season has ended. Although it hasn't, or maybe it has. We don't know yet. It was supposed to be anyway. Burnley away today, our kick-off would have been, would it have be been 2, 12, something like that, I think. Um, so probably around about now, we'd be knowing our fate if we had survived in the division. Now, we don't know if we'll even need to fight for that, who knows. But we'll be talking about our season as it has unfolded so far in part two of this podcast. In the first part, we're going to be talking about the current affairs this week, what's been going on. So, are you guys all ready to chat and chew over the facts?
3: Ready to go? Absolutely. Always.
1: Excellent. Well, what I was going to say, first of all, just to start in dazzling form here, um, from this day in the past, from the book Brightman of Albion on this day by Dan Tester, Tuesday the 17th of May 1966, police reinforcements were called to the Goldstone to stop youths behind the goal throwing orange peel and whistling during a reserve game against Notts County. I hope we wouldn't have <laughs> had trouble like that.
2: How <laughs> <laughs> times have changed.
1: Yeah, but we've had quite a bit going on this week, haven't we? Um, There's lots of negotiations going on. The Bundesliga has started in Divisions 1 and 2, and um, we've seen Dortmund get off to a flying restart. Um, We've got the possibility of the Premier League coming back. Yet again, the, the debate goes on and on. And in the meantime, further down the league, we've got League 2 voting to end the season, the highest rank so far in England to do so, and League 1 still in a quandary as to what to do um interesting times what's your take on first of all the league two and league one situation josh
0: yeah league two uh finishing up i mean i'm i'm probably in favor of finishing up with points per game um overall so that's a spoiler alert for later conversations um (laughs) but i think that you know for these teams they need to they need to decide very quickly because they are you know financially at risk the further down you get right so the further down the leagues you get the more money is on the line and kind of existence is on the line. And we just lost Berry this year. We don't want to lose another thirty four clubs. So um, you know, I think that they've made a good decision in their own self interest. And I think that however harsh it is, the loss of Berry has kind of helped a little bit with the with the decision
3: they made because they've got one less relegation place to worry about.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Pisa? What do you
3: think? Uh, yeah, I think it probably is the right decision. I think, yeah, playing behind closed doors at that level, it's just unviable. They don't get any income in. They'd have to play, you know. There was, I was a an interview from the Port Vale chairman who or chairwoman who was talking mm. about the fact they're in aches so and they're the first team who won't be able to play because it looks like they're going to have playoffs. And she was basically saying that it was a, you know, it was a really hard decision, but overall for the benefit of the league, they had to agree to it, and they wanted everyone to be unanimous. And I, yeah fair play to them, to be honest, because obviously they were in with a chance of getting a top seven place if they came back to playing again. But yeah, it needs to be finished. And yeah, I agree with Josh. I think it has to be done and probably play point to play game.
1: Yeah. Well, there's already a lot of agreement going on here. Peter, notoriously, you don't usually agree with Josh. So that's got to stop. put <laughs> a stop to that. Just just have a contrary argument for the sake of it. For goodness sake.
3: <laughs> Sorry, I think all, all, all 24 clubs should be promoted automatically, <laughs> or 23 clubs. And uh, all teams in League One should drop down to League Two, just for a bit of a laugh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Robin, what do you think?
2: Am, are- I'm on, yeah, I'm on board with League Two. I think for the same reasons financially, they need to know very quickly what's going to be happening so that they can cut their, their financial cloth accordingly. I think League One is a, is a bit more of a grey area. Um, I think particularly with the promotion picture, because so many clubs are separated by such a few number of points. I think it's, is it second down to seventh or eighth? There's only three points in it.
3: Yeah, Wicham have got a game in hand, and if they win their game in hand, they'd go level with Rotherham, I think, of a second.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I I think there's there's that kind of spread between it. So I think that's one element to it. And I think League One as well is a bit more interesting because you've got such a wide array of clubs in terms of stature and financial power. So obviously you've you've got the likes of, I know Ipswich aren't really in the conversation, but you've got Ipswich, Portsmouth, Sunderland, who are traditionally very big clubs with big budgets, big crowds, etc., um, and obviously you've got clubs at the other end of the spectrum. Obviously Barry, who are now gone, but you know a lot smaller clubs who are probably quite comfortable following what League mm-hmm. Two have done. I don't know whether I say I think maybe if it wasn't quite as tight at the top, it would be a different conversation. But I can see why those clubs. Particularly Sunderland, Portsmouth, you know why those clubs are pushing to not have the season either voided or done by points per game. Um, yeah, I I think it's going to be very difficult for League Two and League One to do different things. But I can absolutely mm-hmm. see why the clubs in League One that are pushing to carry it on are doing so.
1: Yeah, well, on Zoom deadline day today, I tried to make a late bid for a. Lincoln fans come on a mate of mine called as who's a good lad um to get his opinions on things because that's the that's the barrier division isn't it everything's gone up to league two has been decided to some form or other mm-hmm. even if they haven't decided the details um Prem and Championship I think are going to carry on trying to go ahead um possibly league one is the one that's in the middle um yeah. and I was particularly keen to get them on because Josh you've got a affiliation with Lincoln having been at uh, uni there haven't you soft spot for them
0: yeah, yeah, I do have a big soft spot for Lincoln. Uh, I went to a, quite a few games of theirs when they were offering like a fiver for students and stuff like that. And they weren't particularly great back then. They were in the conference. But yeah, I do have a good soft spot for them. I'm glad they're doing well now.
1: Yeah, well, um, I said my mate asked, it's a shame he couldn't have come on, actually. It would have been good to have a chat. But uh, he did text me a few bits. He was busy with, uh, he's got a daughter called Robin, by the way, spelt the same as your name. Quality name, I think, Rob. No? Yeah, I don't want to you Rob, I've called you that before. <laughs> suddenly came out that way. Anyway, um, no, but, um, as said in his text to me, my view is end the season now for League One and League Two would cost us a lot of money, but unfurling staff, paying for tests and travel and bonuses, better off ending it now. And he went on to say, I listened to our chief executive on a Radio Lang- Lincolnshire podcast earlier, very diplomatic, but said that clubs are acting selfishly. Basically cancelling the season um, leads to losses, but they are, um, they are parked for now. So cash flow not impacted, e.g. Sky will take back some of the TV revenue over the life of the TV deal rather than immediately. And he also went on to say, whereas starting the season, again, with no game revenue puts a lot of cash flow pressure on right now, including about 120K just for testing per club, um, which is a lot of money at League 1 and League 2 level nothing coming in Um, he did unfortunately also make reference to one thing which I think we've all cringed about this week he also said your man talking about B teams as a way to help can do no one any good it wouldn't help and it would be blackmailing desperate clubs who who need financial assistance and only offering if we bend to the prem overlords and allow them feeder clubs at the expense of proper teams made me so angry reading this I have pacified it by saying it wasn't a popular opinion at the club, probably, and certainly not amongst us fans. I don't know where well, that came from well, as well, because it's, like, it's I've basically... Watched, just, I've moves. actually
2: watched the... Inter- it seems, I think we've done him a slight disservice, which was he was, he was asked a direct question about it. And I think, yeah. he was very mu- I think he was talking with his previous FA hat on, rather mm. than mm. As with his Brighton hat on. So I think he was saying it's something that he had favoured when he was at the FA and he could see the reasoning behind why you would do it from a point of view of giving young players a chance up the leagues. But I mean, my answer to that is, isn't that why we've got a loan system in place?
3: Yeah, exactly. That's precisely, I mean, I'm not surprised that the Lincoln chairman, to be honest, is going out saying they want to finish because they're pretty much mid tableish aren't they? So from the point of view of they're not going to go up, they're not going to go down. What is the yeah, point of playing nine games? With, exactly. They're just going to be losing money
2: on performance. You know, but do you, think he'd be, do you think he'd be saying the same thing if they were sitting in six? No. That's, and that's the point, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: So if you, are, the...
2: if you are one of these teams who are, you know, who are in the promotion picture and who might be on a good run and might have, you know, more home games left than other teams in the running, there's not a chance. I mean, if, if yeah. it was us, let's say that it's the championship or in, League One, and we're sitting in six, we're on a good run, we've got four, five more home games left not a chance that we'd be happy yeah. for them just to call the season at points per game and there's
3: so many variables as well in terms of like the number of games in league one because of the Bolton issues at the start of the season because of the berry yeah. issue there's so many different you know kind of numbers of games played and you know it's, yeah, not, exactly. it's not and yeah as you say ultimately you'll have teams with more home games than
2: as a result of that okay. so and then trying to do trying to work out points per that was the other problem they were saying is that trying to work out a points per game kind of uh model that actually takes into account all of those factors
1: mm-hmm. yeah because it could be it, very I mean, difficult it, but it seems so fiddly there's always there's always one team as
3: well who have a good run and end up in the bottom of the playoffs and then often go up because they're in good form yeah, and that completely exactly. belies that idea because there's no way you can factor that in possibly yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Exactly. so i mean it's 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 very difficult in a league where where it is um you know, it's so tight at the top. And especially, you know, the money gets bigger, doesn't it? I mean, the jump from League One to getting to the championship is, is, is huge, mm-hmm. relatively to, to where they are. So, I mean, you look at cl- especially I mean clubs like Peterborough. I know the Peterborough chairman is generally very outspoken. Well, not outspoken, but he, he's not shy about having an opinion in the media about whatever's going on. And mm-hmm. a club like Peterborough, who, in a polite way, have been a kind of yo-yo club between the championship and League One, their business model is clearly revolves around being in the championship at least you know one year in every three probably um you can see why he doesn't want to just give it up and also a team like Wickham
3: as well I mean you say about the jump in terms of TV money it's huge which is even bigger now when they might not have attendances at all next season or you might hardly have it so if you can get up to the championship somehow and have the TV some of the TV games you know Wickham go up they'll probably have quite a few TV games because they've not been at that level
2: before I know it's what it like, is. It's like the fifth most... with well, Championship's like the fifth most watched league in Europe or something, isn't it, in yeah. terms of TV? So I can see what... I mean, let say I was talking to a League One player, my same League One player I always talk to. Um, <laughs> You've not, not got loads of them lined up to chat to? No, I haven't got loads to, uh, to speak to, but I was talking to him yesterday. And he was saying the same, even for, for a club like Sunderland as well. is Even a big club like that, they, need, they cannot keep not getting promoted to the Championship. Their business model, particularly, has been was obviously having. If anyone's watched the Netflix series, you'll know that their business model was very much based on getting back to the championship as soon as possible. So to have another season carved off where they can't get promoted, even for a club of that stature, could put them in, in jeopardy. As we know, you know that yeah. their owners are not the you know their owners are not the richest.
0: And with those point even, per game models as well, like there's already two point per game models that are going around that even in the Premier League change everything. Like if they use the French model, you've got two two teams going down that aren't the same two. If you use the other points per game model they're talking about, so it's going to be the same thing for League One. And with them so close as well, like you could see an yeah. entirely different playoff picture mm-hmm. depending on what points per game you use.
3: That's, yeah. And that's the problem as well. Which is one thing I've seen talk of that extending the playoffs so more teams are in it or something, like they are in a conference level, I think maybe, or that's one option they've seen. So basically, more teams can be in the playoffs and get a chance to go up.
2: wild, isn't it, really? Yeah. That we're trying it's to cool. work, that we're trying to break it down into. I mean it's the bottom, I mean, it's the same as we have said along T, which is basically there's no right answer. You're no, looking for exactly. the least worst <laughs> the least worst yeah. answer going forward, which yeah, is- Exactly.
3: the right the right answer is that everyone's able to go to games and watch games and teams can play home and away to finish the season, but that's not
2: possible. So Yeah, so it's you're, kind you're of working backwards from there really yeah. and seeing how what's the what's the option that most people can feel comfortable yeah. with. And
0: and I think more I mean, than anything now it's which which team like more than anything, I think it's what teams most financially feel comfortable with as mm. well. The longer this goes on, it's not so much what the fans think, it's going to start becoming more and more about whether we can survive and how we can survive best on what we've got the options of.
3: Well, that's effectively what the Port Bell chair, was saying, or I think she, yeah, she spokesperson this day, she was saying exactly that, that while their, their fans might go, we're only one point off the playoffs, what are you doing? She's like, well, this is the best thing for the clubs in that level, for the whole division to, you know, we don't want to come yeah, back they need to, a to get league They plan,
2: don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So, I and also, about... they don't want to, you don't want to have to, for them, they don't want to have to pay to extend contracts for another two or three months.
1: Yeah. You know, for for
2: no real for no real game. It's because a lot more players at that level will be out of contract.
1: Yeah, most are not.
2: I think we did it before, didn't there There was like two was it like two hundred across League League Two or something like that?
1: I think so. Something like that. I can't remember. She she spoke she was on the Paul Fale um chairman, she was on BBC 5 Live, I think it was, she spoke very well and I mean it sounded quite reasonable. And I think it was her that said it would cost 400,000 just to complete the season. Um, yeah, I think it was seven. Yeah. And it's just and even, completely unjustifiable. Even really. promotion
3: wouldn't make that up then financially because it's not yeah. that big a jump financially yeah. from League Two to League One. Yeah.
1: And that's yeah. why I made the distinction about League One being this sort of borderline division because I think for the Championship there's a lot more um, credibility in trying to get the season finished from a financial point of view than once you get lower down because the split is, I think it's something like 85% or 82%. Of the um, money for the FL TV goes to Championship, doesn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, the
2: jump from League One into the Championship is
1: yeah,
2: obviously, it's not it's not Championship to Premier League, but I mean, it's in in terms of League Two to League One, it's it's miles away from that.
1: Hmm. On a side note, Robin, you seem to have a lot of players and ex-players living in your road or around your streets. Oh, uh, you moved to a very leafy, exclusive neighbourhood or something. What's going on there? <laughs> I wouldn't
2: say it's exclusive. I mean, it's nice. It's a nice kind of new build, um, new build estate. But yeah, there's a few players pops up, which is a bit bizarre. We've got um, we've got ex Premier League uh, wonder kid prospect Malcolm Christie, who lives three houses away from me, which I only found out the other day. Um, uh, we've got yeah Sunderland player have mentioned uh, Albion's own Jason Steele actually has a house just mm. around the corner as well. Uh, who else have we got? uh, Graham Kavanagh, he used to play for
1: Cardiff. Cardiff.
2: Yeah, uh, who else have we got? Um, yeah, there's a few others. We've actually got uh, Geiser Mendieta lives just down the road as well. Bizarrely, why he's still here. I think because he came, he played for Middlesbrough at the tail end of his career, that's right. Um, he's obviously stayed in the region. And I was reading the other day, he's now an internationally renowned DJ. (laughs) <laughs> i mean when you've got the money to
0: spend why not right yeah exactly so yeah it's,
2: it's bizarre we've got uh gary pallister just, just around the corner as well
1: so mm, nice yeah, it's a few Mindietta random you... Mendieta did a lot of um, sky punditry didn't he for the la liga coverage yeah. on when they had it until last year or a couple of years ago um and that was he's quite good actually quite a strong accent though um, for the punditry in England, but oh,
2: there's, one yeah. there's one more I've forgotten. Who lives just down the road? We've got uh, Peter's Peter's favourite ex-Leeds left back, Ian Hart, as mm. well as on our estate.
1: Mm. Anyway,
2: that's it. Well, that's, that's the ballist.
1: That's specialist. <laughs> yeah. That segues nicely into what I was going to mention next, which was um, you mentioned Leeds. Peter's favourite subject. Both he and I absolutely love Leeds fans. Um, Robin, I know you love Liverpool fans as well. I, and so, I love Liverpool fans and Leeds fans in equal yeah. measure. And you can guess where this is going, can't you? Mm. <laughs> this week, um, it seems that we've turned into enemy number one, which is rather interesting, seeing as we've given weekly press conferences since the beginning, the only club to do it, um, a long list of creditable things that we've done since lockdown, um, which have been commendable by anyone's reckoning. And yet, apparently, we're enemy number one. Can anyone
2: explain why? Uh, I think I can probably explain. Well, I think our downfall has been that we've been so available in the media is Hmm. probably the main thing. Uh, Number two is the standard thing that the press do, which is they've they've framed stories in a way that don't actually reflect what has been said. If you read the entire story, you get a very different picture to if you read the headline. So it's like Paul Barber has been targeted quite a lot. I mean, it was, there was the Sun link that I sent you the other day where he was particularly targeted quite personally in it. But I mean, there's things like he's been accused of saying, you know, we're against, we don't want to finish the season. We don't want to have relegation and all of that kind of stuff. And it's like at no point has he said any of that. But that obviously that, you know, newspapers are trying to do what they always do, which is make a story,
1: make a story that people are going to buy. Um but, you said, hold on. You said newspapers, but you were talking about the Scum newspaper. I'm confused. I know, I know, that's but, not I mean, a newspaper.
2: Other, news- <laughs> other newspapers are available, and other newspapers have, have done the same.
3: The BBC same have as well. Thing.
2: BBC yeah, it was are kind of bad. said, you know, Brighton, you know, Brighton are kind of leading the charge, you know, to basically get rid of relegation. It's like, no, we want to get. Yeah. Rid- we, we want if you're going to try and change the season with eight or nine games to go and get, bring in neutral venues, that's changing. I mean, this is where other clubs' fans are probably going to disagree with us. But to me, you're changing the integrity of the competition mm. partway yeah. through the season.
1: Yeah. So
2: I can see... And it, But he has said the bottom line is that every club in the Premier League, bar West Ham, it seems, are committed to finishing the season. Yeah. But you finish it under the closest possible conditions that you can to normal, which is no fans but playing home and away games as normal, in inverted commas. I don't see why... I've never, I don't really understand why it's difficult for other fans to not grasp that. So it's a but fairly be, simple
3: to, argument. To be fair, we've been proved wrong, though, because I saw a photo on, from, put up by a Leeds fan of um, Borussia Mönchengladbach winning at Eintracht Frankfurt yesterday, and they used it as proof that home ground means nothing when it's a neutral venue. Because <laughs> teams never win away in normal football. So, uh, you know, Especially that month,
1: if teams are better teams than the yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so that's proof. To be honest,
2: I would, I would really. This is where the cynic in me comes out. I would really enjoy it if father did come out and just basically go, "Yeah, we're against relegation. Have uh, however you want to do it. Whatever, whatever, whatever rule you want to be in, we just don't want to go down." Which is, you know, probably behind the scenes, no one wants to go down, do they? Yeah. But no club's going to come out and go, "Actually, you know what? Yeah, we think relegation should be scrapped totally." But
1: the other, the other reinvention that happened in uh, was was Joey Barton. That's the one I saw. Was Joey Barton? Uh, reinterpreting yeah. what Glenn Murray had said. Apparently, he said he doesn't want to play um, season out, which uh, he yeah. quickly was um, off the mark to. Uh, yeah, the issue with that. So, Joe, so Joey, Barton's, Joey
2: Barton's very badly made point, which is unsurprising, was basically <laughs> Glenn Murray was saying that he, he didn't feel safe playing because, and he was only saying that because he's in a relegation battle. Hmm. And Glenn Murray came back and said, Well, you've obviously not seen the comments from Aguero from Sterling... Mm. You know, Abraham from, now came out recently. Exactly. from, mm. And obviously, uh, you know, a lot of these players who are playing at the top end of the division, so it's, you know, obviously it's not it's, a cynical point. I, I'm, I'm sure, sure they're over the place. I
1: was going to say, Peter, don't worry, because that will get conveniently ignored. You don't have to yeah. worry about
3: it. Oh Abraham. no, apparently it didn't. And what was said was he was worried about Chelsea dropping out the top four.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so apparently there yeah,
3: were well, comments to that effect for him. So it's like, yeah, apparently... And heaven forbid you play for Liverpool or Leicester. I have some concerns about this or Leeds. You know, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't dare say anything, would you? You'd be too and scared.
1: Sheffield United have been really vocal. Apparently, I've been yeah, I've been limiting very heavily how much Twitter I've been reading on this matter because it will just wind me up. That surprised me, to be honest, because I've always found them a, a
2: decent yeah. bunch. I think it but... was
3: one or two idiots rather than mostly uh, the most of the idiots. like Leeds to Liverpool,
2: to be honest. Uh, but Josh, but, what's well, Steve... the flip side of the coin? Is if we were in Leeds's position, how would we be feeling?
1: Yeah, we we would be feeling frustrated and we would be dotted yeah. if we missed I, out. I just don't I think, think our fans
2: would be this horrible to other teams, basically. And kind of no,
1: I, think it,
0: I think it would also depend on what the club itself was doing, right? I think if the club was doing what it's doing now, I think that even if we were in second or first in the championship, I think we would have a different opinion. I think that mm. the, the club itself has kept itself quiet, which is just allowing the fans to act off their own back. And I think if, you know, yeah,
2: if they haven't come out and said anything as far as i can see
0: no they haven't not that i can see either and i think that's a big i think that's a big one right like if you have a team doing what we're doing you you act differently as a fan because you're basically then either saying that like yep i agree with the club i think that we're doing the right thing or f the club i'm gonna be a dickhead (laughs) for no reason (laughs) you know what i mean i think it's i think it's one of those things that the leeds club have kept quiet which is strange because i've always thought leeds are such a well-run happy club um, with no controversy, oh, yeah, they'd have had
2: that. They got their PR house well in order, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I mean no, the, I think
2: the, it, it's difficult. Obviously, you know, Leeds Leeds fans are a, a passionate bunch, put it like that. And I can understand their frustration to a degree, but I agree with Pete that the, the pure kind of vitriol and quite yeah. unpleasant nature of mm. a lot of the stuff they've said. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are forgetting that we're in, you know, we're in a situation where hundreds of thousands of people have died. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it makes football, you know, it as important as it is to all of us. Right? Yeah, I know, yeah, exactly. I mean, all of us, you know, we're all incredibly passionate about football, but actually, not to the extent where it overrides something yeah. which has affected basically yeah. everyone in the world. Yeah. I don't think anyone
3: would say, would rather that this happened than
2: we got relegated with it not happening. I mean, it's like we'd have well, all taken... Yeah, exactly, you take relegation. I was, I was saying the other day to someone, you know, I would tell you, if this if we could have just avoided this and wiped it off the face of the earth like this, I would take restarting in League Two, to be honest. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, in this country alone, I think we've had virtually an Ellen's road, Ellen road's worth of death, haven't we, in terms yeah, of numbers? more. Yeah exactly um, but 35 5000 something i like know i think have
2: died is it is that what yeah, yeah. Exactly. so you know But yeah i say i can I, say, I can understand the frustration because if we were in that position this had happened in the promotion season and the kind of uncertainty was hovering over us mm. having you know having had the recent failures or near misses that we'd have had i can understand that you'd be You'd yeah, be I mean, feeling pretty But, it, but equally, it.
3: if Leeds were in a position that, you know, the bottom six are in, they would be doing everything to make sure they'd oh, be 100%. saying, well, it's not fair, Not our home grounds are fortress, Ellen Road's amazing, you know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 100%. But they I don't see mean, that. I mean, they don't get it. No, one thing that
1: and really stands out is Liverpool haven't won the title for 30 years. Leeds have been trying to get out for, what, 15 years? How that more division? than, I think, yeah. Thing, yeah. 16, yeah, yeah, 17. It's no coincidence those two are so vocal about it, I think. Um, West Brom, I haven't really, well, I haven't been reading, but I haven't been hearing. No, I've about not it. seen
3: a lot from them. So know, one or two, not from them either. Because they've
1: been up more recently, so maybe there's a team yeah. with that, I don't know. But Except I think like, United's a bit of a bit of a weird yeah, but, one. As I tell I only don't one don't or really two like, from them.
3: It's mainly Liverpool and Leeds, and mainly people who yeah. probably don't even live there as well. A lot of the time, it's people who live in, you know, like Liverpool fans who live in Ireland or whatever, who have no, you know, probably have never been to a game. A lot of them. This <laughs> is the thing. I mean.
1: Robin Mm -hmm. you don't like Liverpool fans from their online presence a load of people with entitlements etc isn't it pretty much I think in summary But I think the Liverpool fans I've met when I've gone to games that I've met down here in the south whatever have been absolutely top class They really know their football they understand even at the lower levels that they've not been in for generations They still understand about lower league football and they've got a good head on them but the people online are include a number of complete balance. And I think um, it's the same with most clubs, isn't it, really? Um,
2: we've, got our own, we've got our own fair share of
1: them, to be honest. Yeah, as exactly. let well. yeah. not hide from that. Absolutely the case. I think we have to put it in perspective, don't we? This this is all Twitter. Uh, and Yeah,
2: probably, yeah I think we do, yeah. And I think, I mean, I think everyone's probably dealing with this in their own way, aren't they? Because, I mean, none of us have ever faced a situation <laughs> where there are, I think, and it's also the fact that No definitive decision has been reached, and we're still seemingly not that much closer Mm. to a unanimous decision. I mean, I suppose probably the least the decision with the least animosity would be to promote from the Championship and not relegate from the Premier League. Hmm.
3: Possibly, yeah. Although they've talked about, there's still been a lot of comments where Murray kind of, kind of, you know suggested the idea that if the league championship doesn't finish but then the Premier League does it's hard to relegate there's still a lot of attacks then as well I think
2: that's that's the problem so I think that's why I say if you remove the animosity if you say fine Mm. you've got to they've got to follow the same
3: I've not seen an awful lot about the championship itself. There's not been a lot in the in the press or the media about what's happening with the, you know obviously League 1 and League 2 we know are ongoing or slash League Two's decided. Premier League there's yeah. been every day there's a development or whatever. But the championship really has been very quiet as a whole.
2: Yeah, considering mm. it's the considering as I say it's the league with the biggest financial you know gulf yeah in terms of you know the re- you know the reward versus the failure in inverted commas of not going up versus going up is yeah. So yeah. stark, isn't it?
1: And it's the fourth most watched division in attendance wise um, in Europe ahead it's of Syria. So, you know, I mean,
2: the, I suppose the interesting the only thing I've seen about the championship was, uh, was um, Lee Bowyer talking about Charlton.
1: Hmm. Obviously,
2: they've dropped into the bottom three for the first so, time this hmm. season as a result of losing to Middlesbrough in their last game before lockdown.
1: So, if it's Covid wild, had happened actually. a week earlier, they would be fine. Totally and that, yeah. was,
2: that was why his idea, his, he was one of the proponents saying that they should do points per game, but actually have the cutoff halfway through the season, mm. at which point yeah. everyone's played everyone once. Because I think that put Charlton in like eighth or something. Yeah, they had a great start <laughs> to the season, yeah, and they've, they've hardly won this year. Well, at, sure. least that's why, have, isn't it? at least I mean, they have can, won this year, though. You can, <laughs> make, the, you, can um... make, you can take data and make it do anything that you want, can't you? That's the thing, it's just how you manipulate yeah. it.
1: Definitely. I was going to say, Josh, apart from Twitter, which obviously will be a main source of um, info for you over in the States, what's the general mood over there? Is there, is there a different take on things? What's, what's happening? So
0: I don't have a lot of uh, American friends who support the Premier League, uh, but I do have a few and pretty much every single one of them thinks that the idea of it being played behind closed doors is a bit crap. Um, I think they're mostly all on board with the points per game. Um, I've got a Watford fan. Who is very anxious right now? Uh, I've got a United fan who is also desperately wanting Liverpool to not win the league. So <laughs> they're all uh, they're all kind of in on the same boat. Of if we can avoid it, great. But I think that we're not going to avoid it, and I don't think
2: that's the right decision. No, and they're not going to avoid it. I think points. I think we're getting closer to points per game.
0: I did see an interesting quote from, uh, obviously, a very biased Noel Gallagher. I'm not sure if you saw it, but uh, he said that if it wasn't Liverpool going for the title, if it was Chelsea or City, uh, it would have been decided already. If they try and finish this season, then the next few seasons are going to be chaos. I'm not sure what you all think to that. I, I, I personally agree with him. I think that if it
3: wasn't Liverpool and Leeds, of all clubs, I think that we would have moved to a resolution quicker. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I think it sounds crazy, but... Liverpool have got such a long time without a title and they're so far clear as well. And again, Leeds... Wildest.
2: I mean, years I, as well I think... I do think they've got to come up with... I think the next thing they've got to do, really, is they've got to come up with a definitive date by which this season has to be finished. To me, that's the glaring thing that we've not got because everyone's. whilst you've not got a definitive date that you're working towards, you can keep kicking the can down the road, can't you? And you keep saying, oh, we'll wait, we'll wait, and we'll wait, and we'll wait. But actually, if you say, fine, actually, we're going to set the date as July the 30th, say, for argument's sake. We'll say, fine, our aspiration is that we're going to start in the middle of June, and we're going to finish by July the 30th, How many games are left. And if it gets to the point where it's clear that July the 30th isn't workable, because either there's been another outbreak or, you know, whatever has got in the way, that actually say, fine, if we get to July the 30th and we can't finish it, then actually... We've got to go points per game. Yeah. And I, mean, I think the, just,
3: the other thing they've got to decide based on that is next season as well. I mean, yeah. so that will what kind of be, gap you gonna have. Because I mean, if you kinda of give up on next season almost and you you say it's gonna be pointless starting without going back to normal or whatever, then you can you've got longer to finish this season in a way. But Yeah, exactly.
2: That's why I think whilst there's no kind of whilst there's no clarification over specific deadlines or dates, then we can just be stuck in this, you know, potentially for a
1: long time. Yeah, yeah. I think well, I mean, UEFA have set a a deadline by which they want clubs to have started the ball rolling, don't they? So I guess at the end, it's like
2: 27th of May or something is for leagues to make a decision on what they're going to do. But there's not they've not set a date by which you've got to do it. So the Premier League on the 27th of May can say, yeah, fine, everyone's agreed that we're going to complete the season as played as per what Germany are doing but you've got, to put a dead, you've got to put a deadline on
0: the other end of it, I think. Yeah, it's hmm. May 25th. They've put a deadline on uh, that the European football's governing body had instructed all national associations to submit firm dates for completion of leagues no later than May 25th. And the latest the leagues can finish, they do have an end date for that too, and that's oh, August 2nd. August the 2nd, okay, so end
2: of yeah. July. Yeah, so that's,
3: I mean... a, that's a week tomorrow they've got to decide then, and they're still quite a long way off
2: confirming stuff from the sound of it. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> I mean this is something I've said before which is I know this is obviously a a pretty unprecedented scenario but I'm surprised that an organisation or a business essentially as large as the Premier League doesn't have something written into its rules as to what happens if a season can't be finished because there seemingly isn't anything Hmm. everyone is seemingly fighting different different angles on it and so I say you know for a multi-billion pound business not to have no, that's why a contingency plan is something you never want to use, right? But that's why you yeah. have it, in case there's a squabble. I mean, you should have something in there to say, fine, no, for, if for whatever reason, the season can't be finished, then we go points per game.
3: Yeah.
2: Yes, If it's before halfway, then we
3: cancel it. If it's after halfway, then we, yeah, exactly. we then carry on. We just game. do it points per game, yeah.
2: Mm. And exactly. And if, if that was in the rules, then no one would, obviously people would still quibble, but you'd have no legal standing because you go, well, oh, you've, You've you've signed up to the terms yeah. of the league, and there'd be no arguments want... as well. Yeah,
3: you would be have started well, by rules.
2: now. Yeah. yeah, So the fact I know it's i say you know it's a kind of once in a you know once in a more than a lifetime, but it still seems odd that you, you don't have some kind of contingency in there. The crazy I mean, thing I guess the, they probably will now. I'd have thought. <laughs> They will yeah. now put something in, I'd have
3: thought. But the cra- the crazy thing to me is that they seem to have just they seem to be just the German league are basically going back. They had a few a couple of weeks training. They've had longer off than pre season, but yet there's no friendlies to whatever. So basically like half the games yesterday started at walking pace. Because players yeah. aren't fit enough. They're not they've not played friendlies,
2: they've not warmed up, really. It's yeah. a the,
0: the, it's, the Berber- Steve Thomas Bruce has said today well.
2: that um that he doesn't think he doesn't think that the current Deadlines that the Premier League are talking about are workable. he's saying that he will need six weeks with his Newcastle players. Mm.
1: That's quite a lot, isn't
2: it? Yeah. No, so I, I mean I know I shared it
0: on one of the whatsapp groups uh, yesterday, but the Dimitar berbasov quote as well and the psychology of playing behind closed doors like he said himself that uh, it affects you to go out and not see a single fan, even though you know it's an important match. Your mind and body tell you it's a training match. It leads to bad performances. Mm-hmm. Like that, that can't be understated, too. Like you're going to have, you know, I've seen a couple of Liverpool fans saying, well, that's fine. The team with the best mental strength will win. Well, no, it's not about the mental strength. Yeah. It's probably the teams with the most talent are always going to win out in the end, then, because you have no psychology yeah. to it.
2: <laughs> the interesting point is that this is having an eight-week gap with no football is probably the longest that any of these players have ever had off. Yeah. This isn't a normal summer. I mean, yeah. most summers there's a tournament, right?
1: Yeah. There's either, right. An, there's
2: either an international tournament or they're on lucrative friendlies and tours all over the country. To have eight weeks with no yeah. training, because no I think matches,
1: I think somebody said if uh, from Man City to. The start of the season was something like forty-six days, and if we start training again on Tuesday, the equivalent of what happened last season, that would be something like seventy-three days already. So yeah, it's a bigger gap. It's totally There's different.
2: nothing in there. I mean, not no train, no you know, no proper training in that time. So I think they're going to need they're going to need a fair number of weeks to get yeah. ready.
0: Well, the Dortmund Chelsea
2: this-
3: game. I thought started yesterday like a, basically a training match and for half an hour people just walking around and then Schalke got uh, Dortmund got their goal and it kind of speeded up a little bit and it became more interesting but for half an hour that game was like a, you know yeah a friendly basically yeah. a tournament not a practice match
0: and it for was, every for every week that we're in training before we even start playing that's a week of risk and for every time you know, especially for the older players, especially the older players are coming into the end of their contracts. This is months and months of inactivity being put onto an older player's career that they can't get back. Mm -hmm. Like a player that may have gotten a contract, say Pedro, right? Pedro's 32 out of contract in the summer. Pedro could have got a contract at like Valadilid or whatever, like in the summer and got paid quite nicely. Who knows what, like he could, do his acl in the summer now because of the lack of activity and he's not going to get a contract anywhere for the next year yeah. like that the older players i mean glenn as well glenn isn't getting yeah, any glenn, younger
1: exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly and david silver well, the,
2: the other point that no one's really seemed to make is that footballers can also have underlying health conditions yep just because mm-hmm. you're a professional athlete doesn't make you mm-hmm. immune from having asthma or having yeah, is it, you know some other condition school. I mean, there was, the only person I've seen talking about it is Darren, Darren Fletcher today. Mm. Obviously, he's got colitis, doesn't, like fairly bad colitis. And he was saying that if he was still playing, he wouldn't feel comfortable going back to play with his condition because he's classed as high risk. And to Josh's point, he, the other thing is he said is that this situation has basically forced him into retirement because he was released by Stoke, I think, last summer. He hasn't had a club through this year, but he said he hadn't formally retired. But this situation has basically put him in the situation where he is retired Yeah,
1: because he can't, risk his,
2: he can't risk yes. his, 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 uh, his health. I mean, it's they north. say that
0: uh, there's a leading doctor, uh, Dr. Dickinson. I don't know if you saw that article a while ago. It was at the same time as Tammy Abraham came out. Um, and he said that there's probably 25% of the Premier League have undiagnosed like, athletic asthma. Like that, you know what I mean? That's, that's a huge amount. And there's a p- bunch of people just because a bunch of people on Twitter are going, they're a professional athlete. They won't die. Mm-hmm. Like they clearly are just as clueless about that <laughs> well, as anything else. Thing,
2: the other thing to say as well is, is there have been a small number of people with no underlying health conditions who've died from it. Yeah. yeah. So there's, I mean, to say there's no risk attached is.
1: Yeah. I there is I've got, got, a, is friend who, I've got a friend of mine who suffered with it quite badly. He's recovered now, thankfully, Dibala. Um, a more notable name obviously from Juventus he, he had it and had it for weeks and pretty bad yeah. not on a ventilator but he was suffering for quite a while um, you've got people like Menzies Lang I think it is at Cardiff was talking about having asthma which is obviously a major significant problem and um, oh. even historically there's probably some modern equivalents Gary Mabbitt spends his whole career in the 80s I bad, but i mean
3: yeah, yeah exactly the, the the big thing that i think the population the whole have ignored as well is like i'm okay i've got no underlying health conditions but people don't know they've got no underlying health conditions because a lot of the time the whole point is they're not
2: known so yeah, yeah in a situation a, like, where they're clinically relevant and then yeah <laughs> and then you realize yeah that, yeah you have got yeah. A, so what are you gonna do test all these be? players
3: for underlying health conditions
2: as well somehow
3: or you know <laughs> well, it's, it's just thing, unrealistic <laughs> It's well, just luck, isn't it, that you find those
0: kind of things. Yeah. Look at Connor Goldson, like, how many yeah. how many tests yeah. must he, how many times must he have done what he did in the medical room before they found he had an underlying health condition? He was 23, what? 24 years yeah. old. He was at big clubs, not big clubs, but big-ish it, it clubs. Like he's had a,
2: multiple medicals for, us yeah. for transfers. Start of every pre-season, they must go through mm. fairly rigorous... Yeah, health assessments. so like he'd say, been he'd been with us for a
0: couple of years, so it's not even like we spotted it in the medical. Like this yeah. is something that just shows yeah, up. Can,
2: this can pop up. So I think that mm. that seems to be the big thing, which is, and I think that's the point that a lot of the players are making in not so many words, which is, you know, just because you're a professional athlete, it doesn't remove the risk. Yeah. And we're mm. kind of seeing them as the media and the government are kind of saying, oh, let's get football back as soon as possible. And I think a lot of footballers are kind of feeling like they're almost being not sacrifice but you know they're almost being put in the line of danger for the greater good of everyone enjoying football behind closed doors but they are just because they earn a lot of money it doesn't give everyone the right to push them into a situation that could endanger them as far as i'm concerned
0: yeah and you're seeing that a lot now you're seeing a lot of people who are going well i'm going i'm having to go back to work so they should
2: too and it's like well not really the same, like you work it no, at... if you felt that you didn't have to go. That was the point we discussed earlier. If you felt like you were genuinely in danger, you yeah, do have you a don't choice. have to go. <laughs> yeah, there is there are options there to not have to go. And Troy for if everyone made... else is going back, it would take Troy a bit made a big point about it, hasn't it? He's yeah. been very vocal and
1: fair play to him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as
2: a footballer, to say if you're one of the few that decided you didn't want to go back, what does that do for your career?
1: Yeah.
3: Especially if your club then got relegated and you were like, you were really missed or whatever. And
2: exactly, if you're if you're Glen Murray, for instance, and you say, fine, actually, you know, I'm at the tail end of my career. I do want to play for another couple of years, but I'm not comfortable going back. A because of the risk of the virus, and B because I don't want to, you know, tear my ACL because I've had eight weeks off. The Albion go down as a result of our standard not being able to score any goals. Then what does that do? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I feel like a halftime whistle's just been blown, so I feel like it's yeah. a good time to have a break in part one, and we'll be back shortly.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy
0: was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com.
2: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs>